Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So this is uh, episode six. You can count. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I have a few points from Perfect. <laughs> and uh, we have the wonderful Josh Harris back yeah, behind I am wonderful. <laughs> I can't say you're one and only. You disproved me last time. That's true. There's other yeah. And uh, we should probably point out by now, hopefully they figured out it's definitely a few points from perfect, like we are not perfect. Yes, a few points off of perfect. Yeah, that'd be I would say name. significant amount of points <laughs> off of perfect. But nobody's judging here. Nobody's no. judging. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we just discussed this wasn't a competition. <laughs> so what uh, what might we be covering today? What's, the, what's on the agenda, Mr. Workslot? Uh, today we're supposed to be covering high-efficiency housing. We, uh, Josh and I have a little bit of experience in the energy efficient housing market. We do. Yeah. I, uh, I have a little bit of experience in the, uh, energy efficient shopping market. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys missed in the last podcast, Josh and I were in the business together for about 10 years and we specialized in what we consider high efficiency homes. We are your energy efficient home builder. Actually, that was our motto. It really yeah. was. It was on our business card. I still yeah. got a few. And our shirts. Yeah. I don't have a shirt. Yeah, I still do, guys. And actually, I actually wore one of the old Simon Harris hoodies the other day. We were getting way off track, and we're like two minutes into this thing. <laughs> I wonder why the last one was an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about hoodies. Honestly, I just let him go. <laughs> so, um, I guess the first thing we need to cover is how do you determine a home is energy efficient? And I guess the technical way of going about this would be what they call a HERS rating, right? Mm-hmm. HERS rating. You want to explain what a HERS rating is? A HERS rating is where you have a a professional come to your home and run your house through a few tests, a blower door test, see how tight it is, uh, which, which isn't a, which uh, a tightness of a home is basically air exchanges. Is it drafty or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dumb it down there, yeah. Mr. Um, uh, is it, you know, what kind of insulation you have, how much glass, how much, uh, how many windows you have? Which direction it's facing? What color yeah, the roof is? For sure, a lot of type different. of windows and glass in the windows. Your, the efficiency of your HVAC system, the efficiency of your water heater, appliances. Down the list you go. Yeah. So, so basically, they they take everything into consideration that either can affect energy consumption, uh, whether it be orientation of the house versus glass, mm-hmm. or uses energy versus mm-hmm. an appliance or hot water heater, etc. And if you build a house 100% energy code, your house would score a 100. Correct? I forget which code it was. I don't think it's the current code. Well, it's a moving target from what I've... I thought they said it a certain year. Well, it started in 2014, but whenever they changed the 2016 codes, the 100 went to that. Did it? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Somebody comment wrong if I'm... We're experts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, but nevertheless, the conversation is the same, whether it's the other code. So if you built to energy code, yep. your, your house would basically score 100. Yes. So if your house used zero energy off the grid, you would score zero. Yes. If your house produced electricity, say you had solar panels, a windmill, some hydro thing, and you're putting energy back into the grid, 
your house at that point would score a negative number. I didn't even know that. Yes. Well, that was never a goal of ours. So I didn't <laughs> well, it wasn't. And if your house is not efficient and you're using more energy than you should be using, mm-hmm. you, scare, you score over 100. You right. have like 150 or 130 yeah. or a, yeah. so on and so forth. That's not a very, that's not like a technical, take my word for it, go to the bank with it, but that's pretty much the scope of how the HER score works. Correct. So as a normal person, what number am I shooting for here? Well, Lower is better. It's like golf. Yeah. Okay. But if you, I mean, if, if you're having Joe Blow build your house, I'm just using that as, as you want it to score at the minimum of 100. You want it built to energy code. Okay. Um, whenever we were in business, the conversation always was if you're going to sell your house and you're going to list it on your market, they would have a HERS rating so you would know how efficient that house is. It's like a gas mileage, like no different than a mile yeah, per gallon that, for your that's car. a good way to explain okay. it. You know what I mean? That's that's what that HERS rating would be is is how many miles of the gallon does this thing get, you know? Mm-hmm. So our goal, um, our goal whenever we were building houses was probably to be 40 more, 40% more efficient than code. We tried to score in the 60s. Did you say that was correct? We were trying to score in the 40s. Well, we I were thought. trying to score a zero, but that doesn't mean we were doing it. But well, I, I, realistically, I, I think we were scoring in the 40s quite a bit there. Well, you've seen those scores more than I did, so you might I, be right. I, mean, if I, 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 I should have brought all of our, our ratings. You've very unprepared for this. I did. Sorry. I gave you like a two-hour heads up. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're doing this on a folding table. <laughs> you're, ridiculing, you're ridiculing a man about not being prepared. Yeah, we, got, we got this fancy microphone. I didn't know we were going to get so deep into hers ratings. But it, it, it is a good... It is a good way to just kind of judge. So the, the, the point of this conversation was, is this is how you kind of judge and, and the efficiency is, of the house. It is pound for pound as well. So, so, so to be clear, you know, the argument has been made to me, if you build a smaller house, that's going to be super more energy efficient than a bigger house, but yet the bigger house can have a lower her score. her score than your small house, even though your bigger house is that, using more energy. Yeah, and actually, it's that, a pound that, for fa- pound, pound for pound measurement. That bigger house actually has a better chance of having a lower score because you got more opportunities to save. That's 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 true. Versus the little house, we ran into that with a spinner house a little bit. You know, we built that small house, thought yeah, it was yeah. going to be super efficient, and it, it is super efficient. But the hers rating was not as high, right? As because thought. you don't have a, you don't have the opportunity. The margin is yeah. not there like it is on the bigger houses. So. So anyways, that's that's kind of the, you guys will probably hear us mention the HERS score occasionally throughout this. Uh, we'll reference it a few times. That's kind of what that is. If you guys want more details on that, the best thing I can say is ask Google on that. So I guess that goes along with the, the point of this podcast is how do we achieve a lower HERS score? And the foundation of that would be the building envelope of the house. And our motto always was you cannot condition the air if you can't contain the air correct so you want to elaborate a little bit on what uh, we call the building envelope yeah if you have a leaky boat you fix the leak you don't buy a better bilge pump <laughs> right yeah that makes sense and, 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 and depends and, on your budget depends on your budget <laughs> depends um, on the boat but yeah it's a john boat or a ball you you want to make that house as tight as possible and i know a lot of folks will just completely disagree with that like you know, houses are too tight now. They don't. Uh, they, they don't they, breathe. They don't breathe. Uh, and as uh, uh, Bob used to say, houses don't have lungs. Yeah. You know? Well, Bob Gaswine was kind of a mentor, mentor of ours. Oh yeah. Kind I, of, I, we I, learned I, a lot from Bob, and he kind did. of got us through. Harrison County REMC. Yeah. Uh, so our argument always was, 
is we agreed the house needed to breathe or what we call have air exchanges. Yes, it does. But it needs to be done in a controlled manner. Mm -hmm. A drafty wall is not a controlled manner. A leaky seal plate is not a controlled manner. Yeah. So we want to do everything we can to control that air. And then if we can, if we can contain that air, we can control that air. Yep. Uh, is I guess how you know the, the joke always was we wanted the house so tight whenever you slammed the door the toilet flushed. Yep. We never did achieve it, but we're trying. Yeah. That was a Bobby Gasoline joke. <laughs> Shout out to Bobby. <laughs> were you just not slamming the door hard enough? This is a good point. I think we needed a bigger door. <laughs> we got we got house. So what we did was after our first uh, blower door test. We, Which did, we made our own blower door. We built our own makeshift blower door. We were so worried we were going to fail this first blower door test. Yeah. We actually built a blower door out and of it. And our blower door was so much more powerful <laughs> that when somebody tried to open the door. You couldn't even open it. Yeah. Like we were stuck in windows out it, all. It, so turns your house, it turns your house into a vacuum. Negative okay. pressure. Yeah. You, 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 uh, open, you open up a door, mm-hmm. close everything else. And start sucking air out of that house. And basically, their official blower door can monitor the CFMs that are evacuating through the fan. Because in theory, if your house is perfectly tight, that fan can be running and no air will be evacuating. Because air right. can't go out if it can't get in. Right. Yeah, and but our redneck version would just like <laughs> suck it out like a rocket <laughs> engine. So you would go over to the windows and just feel anywhere air was coming through, which was great because that let us feel where there are gaps and oh we didn't foam quite enough around this section or right or then we realized bob's lower door was not near as strong as ours yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also why is that drywall kind of concave <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh so that's that's that so the part the the first thing is is that building envelope which it consists of everything from the foundation to the exterior walls to the attic insulation, to the windows, anything. We call the building envelope anything that separates you from the outside elements. And then, I mean, then you start thinking about all those pipes you see sticking out of your, your house and out of your soffit, your, your vents for your dryer, the plumbing, plumbing, the, the vents for your hot water, uh, heater. Hot water kitchen exhaust, bathroom exhaust. Yeah, they were always big ones. Are, are there baffles in there? Are they working? Know? What about like are, chimneys? Chimneys is a huge one. Chimneys is a very big one, and that's there's going to be a lot of discussion in there. But a lot of air is transferred through a chimney if that chimney is not uh, sealed correctly. If that if that firebox is not sealed correctly, if you're not bringing in oxygen and external air, yeah. You know, in the old houses where everybody was heated with a wood stove, all that air going up that chimney has to be replaced by air coming in from somewhere, around the door or window or whatever. Right. And the old timers will argue with this until they're blue in their face. But the room the stove was in was hot. The room furthest away from that stove was the coldest room in the house because that's where the air That was my house right. as a child. I had the two big windows and I was farthest away. And yeah, I was pulling that. And because we had a buck stove growing up. Yeah. And so it, that's, and that goes to your point with the chimney. And we had, we can get to this story later, but we it's actually a, built... It's a Thanksgiving story. It happened yeah, it on Thanksgiving. Is. So, we it's, built a house for a guy. We built a... We built good a, dude. Good yeah, dude, awesome man. dude. Smart guy. And uh, we built him a very, very tight building envelope. That was what we... The contract was built a tight building envelope. Yeah. And then about halfway through the project, he decides he's going to put a fireplace in. I'm like, I ain't going to work. I said, it won't burn. It will... It will the, the, your house is so what, tight, your it, fireplace won't work. We said, it, well, it can work. You need to go to this guy... And talk to him about this kind of yeah. uh, firebox. He, he didn't want to spend that money. 
I said, well, you're going to have to crack a window. I see where this is going. He said, he, he said, I said, well, you're going to have to crack a window then. He's like, oh, no. It's so, going to have to draft. It's going to pull air. It's got to pull air somewhere. Right. So I think it was Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Yeah. He called me. He's like, this fire won't burn. I said, go crack a window. And sure enough, he cracked a window. The fire just tagged well, I, I thought smoke was pouring. Oh, yeah. Well, that, Smo- yeah. Smoke was pouring because it was pulling air because that's the path of the It was basically out of negative the... pressure in the house because it sucked as much air as it could, then the chimney would burn. And he came back down the other way. <laughs> in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, by the way. Smokering's coming out the chimney. <laughs> but, but it proves the point that if you get a tight house, it don't work the way it used to back in the day. Right. So we're getting a little off subject here, but the building envelope is so crucial. Um, and, and again, the building envelope is, is anything that separates you from the outside elements. And there's hundreds of different ways to go about a building envelope. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got to have good materials and a good system in place. The, the foundation has to be connected right to the wall. The wall has to be connected right to the attic. The attic has to be connected right to what, you know what I mean? It's gotta be an envelope. That's what they cut. It's gotta be from the ground, across the roof and back to the ground. It's gotta be a total cocoon system. And they all gotta be mm-hmm. talking or communicating or working together in unison, I guess. And yeah. that gets missed a lot of times. And it's not necessarily affects uh, airflow, but also how are you going to treat that ground? How are you going to, you know, yeah. insulate yourself? And, and back to the chimney effect, you know, one thing we always said, if you've got a perfectly tight house, you can open the basement door and no air will come in. Because if it can't escape the top, it's not coming in the bottom. Right. You know what I mean? That's, uh, and that's what Bob would refer to as the chimney effect. Uh, so you got to have it sealed and, and vice versa. You know, you have a hole in the roof and if you keep the basement door closed, everything's sealed up right. This is hypothetically in a perfect world, but yeah. I think you guys see where we're see where we're going with this. So, um, but we always one thing Josh always did is, is whenever it comes to building envelope is make sure we spec the right windows for the house. Yeah, uh, make it's, sure we spec the right wall insulation for the house, uh, which we'll get into later. Our wall mm-hmm. of choice was ICF. Mm-hmm. Um, conditioned crawl spaces become a big thing. Yep, um, because. A non-conditioned crawl space, nobody ever insulated their floors. Uh, and, of course, that may determine on what uh, thermal zone or what climate zone you're in. For sure. Um, you know, the big thing that come into play while we were doing stuff is cocooning attics. Yeah. You know, conditioned attics is what you'd call it. And Michael did not think that was a good idea at first. He fought me on that one. I had to get Bob involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the guy that says, show me the facts. And they showed me the facts, and I did get on board with it. But whenever I first heard it, I was stupid. (laughs) Because a lot of the one of the this is one of the things you should explain what cocooning an attic is. Yeah, so you know, attics attics need to have ventilation Mm -hmm. unless you don't have an attic anymore. Well, everybody's got an attic. Well, if you spray, if you insulate directly upon the bottom side of your roof deck. That creates your attic into a conditioned or semi-conditioned space. So that does not need to ventilate like a traditional. So the thought process behind that is, is anybody that's ever lived from here south, never climbed to their attic in the middle of summertime, it can be 80 degrees outside, your attic will be 120. It's an oven. Even if it is ventilated. And a lot of the things I think... Like you just said, from here south to here, here is southern Indiana. Yeah. So right. as you change climate zones and areas, things, things definitely change. And guys in Alaska would be like, oh, I ain't doing that right. And folks in Florida would be like, that's not how we do it. Right. But yeah, you, you, you turn, you, you don't, you, you remove the oven from the top of your house. You insulate 
the the action you know you put the insulation on the roof deck there's also a lot of other benefits from that one just keeping all the roof framing in the same climate yes uh, you know because we had some trouble with uh, truss lifts being mm-hmm. familiar with that or, or different things and, there, and then you got your naysayers to say well if you go to roof leak how we ever know you know <laughs> i mean i yeah I, for sure I, I don't know how else to say it other than you need to find a better excuse to argue about is is the best way i got to go about that but my house the attic is cocooned i mean that's i'm a firm believer in it my crawl space is conditioned the air above my living space and the air below my living space is conditioned the same as my living space and the comfortability of the house you live in it makes a huge difference um you got a little bit of both in your house your additions yeah i have put on two additions uh and uh my latest addition yeah i i have a non-vented attic it's 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 cocooned yeah and you and I have both lived in what we consider a conventional house, what we consider a tight house, which is not drafty. Correct. And there, the the difference is crazy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, we we upgrade. We kept on adding on square footage to our home, and never changed the size of our HVAC system. Yeah, or probably or even your utility bill. If so, but one saying. thing I've always noticed is is when the furnace goes off, you don't immediately get cold. It just kind of stays at yeah. room temperature. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, the the air is much more consistent and don't move around. It's It goes back to the, if you can contain it, you can condition it. Now, one thing we should point out, we talked about, I think the number was, wasn't it like 0.35% air exchanges per day or per hour or something? Uh, the amount of air which we used to do with our H, HRV system. I don't even remember. That. <laughs> You're supposed to be the numbers guy. I know, it's been a long. It's it's not been a long time ago, but you know, yeah. But but the the point of that conversation was the people were the people want to have the argument the house is too tight and the air needs to be exchanged with outside air. There is some truth to that. There absolutely is. Uh, can we go back to cocoonings for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, go ahead. One yeah. of the things we didn't say is how do you cut it? You just put in pink fluffy stuff against your roof deck. I think you can technically do that. I think our method of our method of choice to cocoon an attic would be to to spray foam Correct. the roof deck, and there's going to be some controversy if I say this, but when it comes to that, I, I prefer open cell foam and not closed cell foam. For cocooning a roof deck, yeah. I agree 100%. So you got all the space in the world. Yep. Yep. Um, they, they both have their place. They do. But uh, in the attic space, uh, I know some building codes, which we ran into this a little bit, but some building codes... Uh, wouldn't allow it because of fire reasons. They wouldn't allow us to you we had to watch how we use that space. Right. Remember, if they wanted to use it as like bonus storage, they couldn't. But just something to be keep in mind yeah. that you need to yeah. make sure whatever your local building uh building codes or or whatever them are, how they work. One thing I used to hear some folks say, I hear which one's better, open cell or closed cell? Well depends on what you're using. Yeah, what are you using it for? And then I heard some folks say, Well, you know, water don't go through closed cell, so it'll stop a leak in my roof. I'm like, <laughs> no, that is not why and bless their hearts, you know, they've heard this. That is not why we're insulating. We're not waterproofing when we're right. cocooning a roof deck. That's not um, the purpose of the insulation. It's not at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, it don't work that way. Yeah. I would uh, have you look at shingles and flashing. You know? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Let's start just, at the first layer of defense, not yeah. the last one. I just, can you control what colored butterfly comes out from it? <laughs> that is the best joke I've heard of mine. <laughs> 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 
I had to think on that one for a little bit. Butterfly. I've been waiting for a while to say that. <laughs> this was your moment. I'm glad you got her snuck in there. This was your moment. So, you know, and... Now, can I? Can we move away from well, cocooning for a little bit? Of course you can. I'm still a big fan of dropping a bunch of cellulose, cellulose on a ceiling and, and calling that good insulation. That's very cost-effective. And one of our best homes, our best-rated homes... homes. But our, yep, it has a cellulose ceiling. Uh, it it performs well. Now your attic, if you're going to get up in there for storage or whatever, you're going to have to deal with dust and 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 a little bit. And where cellulose really has a strong suit in the house you're talking about is it was uh, a, there was no cathedrals, there was no step ups. It was just a flat attic. Yeah, where you could go in there and lay down 24 inches of cellulose, perfectly even. Over everything, straight straight up. If I'm building a house right now and I have flat ceilings, I'm dropping cellulose on it. Yeah, if I have I a vaulted ceiling, I'm going to spray foam it. Right. Now, is that just regular old blow-in insulation? Yeah, or? it's okay. it's like shredded up newspapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Got a little fire retardant sprayed on it. Okay. Um, itchy, nasty, stuck in your throat forever. Not quite as bad as the pink stuff insulation. And, and mm-hmm. honestly, for any DIYers out there. If you got a buddy dropping the the bags of the of the stuff in the shredder, you do need a shredder. You need a yeah. specific machine. But a lot of places that sell the cellulose will either rent Red you that, yeah. or let you ha- borrow the machine. And a dude up in the attic. Now it's gonna be a long day. And if it's hot outside, it's gonna be you know you're up in that attic. But but a DIYer can do it. Oh yeah. You gotta have the proper baffles up to keep the uh, cellulose and, out and of the, out of your socket. Baffles, you know, if you're going to do a cellulose attic, you need to make sure you do have proper ventilation. You have there. to vent that attic, yeah. So in my house, was, we've done a few additions. The first addition we did, I have a flat ceiling and I use cellulose and it's great. Uh, the, the second addition I did, it is vaulted and we spray foamed it. Um, I'm, Actually, I got a video of spray foaming that on my channel. Do you really? It's a shameless plug. <laughs> I didn't know you had that. I'm yeah. Like, I'll have to go back and look at yeah, it. Yeah, that's... Uh, or maybe I have seen him and just forgot about it. I was even wearing my reindeer hat. <laughs> I had my reindeer hat with me this time. He's or got not. you wearing children's hats now, No, I have, a, I have the green leopard. I don't have a reindeer. All right. I, I feel like I just got judged a little bit. No! <laughs> no. So, we back to the, from the previous podcast to go back real quick. We're building this million-dollar home in a high-end subdivision over... In, uh, Santa Claus. Right. And I showed up on the job wearing my reindeer hat, and Josh goes, you are not. And I said, oh, yes, I am. I'm going to love it. It grows on people. <laughs> it's, at, it's at that point that we recognize, are they going to like us or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is really a turning point. We decide now. Here's his hat. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, you know, one thing we always preached about, and I'm still passionate about it today, is... A lot of people, when they're building a house, they want to pick out the fancy countertop or the fancy tiled shower or the fancy hardwood floor or the granite countertops, which is all nice things. Yeah. You've said countertop twice. Well, I think, I think he's referring to the different countertops throughout the home. Maybe I was talking about the kitchen one and the sink one. So is yeah. he one of those people who gets a granite countertop in the kitchen and a marble one in the bathroom? <laughs> I can't afford either. Are you kidding? <laughs> so, but, yeah, but our philosophy was... You need to put money into the building envelope of that house because it'll save you money to pay for those other things later that you maybe can't afford up front. Absolutely. Our customers were wanting energy-efficient housing, primarily our customers. There's different reasons why people want energy-efficient housing. There is the green movement. Green movement. They want to reduce carbon emission. And we had awesome scores on that, which we really never promoted because, frankly, our 
our customer base they're, was not as concerned about that right. as they were their utility bill. Their utility bill. They were wanting to see a return on their investment financially. That thought that was great, and we've had to have had we have had some customers that was important too. So you know, but but the primary goal for the customers in Southern Indiana, our customers, was energy efficiency in the form of you know they, they wanted the the cost savings in their energy bills. There's also that unknown factor of what's energy what's energy bill is going to do. I mean, fortunately, we haven't seen them spike like they were predicted, but I still think we all think they're going to. That that that's a. That's a valid point. You know, when people are thinking about a new home or buying any an existing home, you know, for a lot of folks, they get a mortgage. They, they, they have a payment, and a lot of times that payment's fixed. Um, your energy bill can, can fluctuate, you know, and as, as time goes on, I can almost guarantee you, perhaps I'm wrong, but in 30 years, energy will probably cost us more than it does now, just like a lot of things does. Right. So you bring up a good point with a mortgage, and this is one thing we always tried to sell that was sometimes hard to get comprehended, is our houses a lot of times did cost more to build, but the cost of living in the house was a lot the same, because sometimes you're paying more to the mortgage company, but you're paying less to the utility company. The utility company is not going to give you an asset, the mortgage company is. So whenever somebody comes to you and they just get set on that payment, that payment is just part of what the cost of living in that home is. One of my, for the builders out there, one of my best selling tools was our HERS ratings. Um, they would actually tell us projected annual savings in energy. Yep. And they and were, we're talking thousands. And, you know, I would show that to, so, you know, the guy who you know referred you to here or that you, you know, work, you know, it's a small community, so you know, yeah. folks. Yeah, here's how much we save him energy a year. That's not me saying that. That's a third party. Yeah. So as you think about that, you know. Which was awesome from the HERS ratings because it wasn't yeah. me or you blowing smoke up somebody's butt. Yeah. It was somebody that had no ties to us whatsoever saying what we could do. Yeah. Or what we've done, actually. Yeah. I and mean, that, that was a real significant savings. I, I, a lot of times I would have people. You falling over there? <laughs> My end of the table is a little intoxicated. I understand. <laughs> we, we, we would have people ask, you know, customers that we were trying to uh, get a contract with, ask for, can we have a copy of that? Like, yeah, I get yeah. a copy of that. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I guess the, the point of that conversation is if you're building a house to live in, and, and a lot of our customers are building their their dream home, their life, their raise their family in home. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say it. They weren't building it for an investment property. Um, Correct. Our, our our customers were two groups of people. One, uh, the kids are gone. We're building a retirement home. Mm-hmm. Or two, we're about to have kids. Or we just had kids. Build they're going to raise their family. They're, they're, they're planning on being there for until the mortgage is paid off. Yeah. So with that mindset, whenever you go into that, don't get fixated on that mortgage payment. You know, figure out what the insurance is going to cost you. The electric bill is going to cost you. The gas bill is going to cost you. Taxes are going to cost yeah. you. What's the end game number? Because I would much rather pay more to the mortgage company I'm going to get back in an asset than I went to the electric company I'm never going to see, and that, that number is just going to keep climbing the whole time you own the house. Yeah, I could definitely consider the cost of the energy as you live in that home. And with, if you have to forego a marble tub or a tile shower or something, that's stuff that can be added later. You can replace countertops later. You're gonna, you know, you can't go back and change the wall system. 
Right. Um, I mean, I guess you could change the insulation in the attic, but it's not going to be as cheap as the day you built the house. Correct. Um, so, I don't know. Our motto was, let's build a good envelope to a home, and then we'll see what we got left to decorate. Because we knew what their people's budgets were. You know, everybody's got a budget. Everybody's got somewhere they got to fit into to, to mm-hmm. make that work. So, um, so we already talked about cocooning attics and kind of cellulose versus uh, spray foam. So, are we going from the top of the house down? Is that the direction <laughs> yeah. we're going? Well, we've, we've, we've skipped the big section in the middle there called the wall. The wall. The wall. Uh, before you get into that, the HERS test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that something that, as a home builder, you have to do? No. It depends on your, uh, check your local building codes. Is it? I mean, he even knows. Well, I, a he, lot well, of changed. He will in be some, right. no. In some, in some communities, it uh, makes a lot more financial sense just to do the HERS rating to pass your your building code okay so i would just um ask your builder about that you know ask find out locally what we were very fortunate here where we were at because the local co-op our electric co-op had a program called touchstone and basically if you built to touchstone standards which was a little 30 percent below it was significant. Yeah, it, they would basically guarantee your bill. And they would pay for the rating. And they would pay for the rating. So a lot of our ratings we got paid for through that uh, program. I think there's only one or two houses we actually paid to have rated, wasn't there? Bresnahan's being one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other one. But most of them we had done through this program, the Touchstone. Um, it, it, was, it was nice. It was nice for us on... Two different fronts. One, we could confirm to the customer we did what we said we were going to do, right. which is probably the most important. Two, it was a sales tool. You know what I mean? It was a verification that. I guess that's kind of the basis to my question: is like, as a guy potentially getting a house built, is this something that I would expect from a builder? It, it, it depends on your. It depends on your market right. and the culture of the builders in that market. I would. I would. I would ask. Mm-hmm. I, around here, the answer would be no. But a different market, it could be a totally different. But see, I, I and also right now in our market, I don't think that the the co-ops are no, they're any not longer. That, prog- that program's long. Program yeah, long so long. so that would be on you or your builder to hire to have that done. And a full-on energy rating on a house was what eighteen hundred bucks. I mean, it was. I didn't pay for one. I don't really remember. I don't, was it that high? I yeah, really don't it, remember. It was, it, it was significant. A full, a, like you could get different stages of it. Uh, Damien was the guy that did it, right? Damien. Uh, and uh, I remember we priced it a few times. I'm pretty sure we paid for one, but it, it was, I mean, it was, it was, a, it wasn't expensive, but it was, wasn't cheap either. Right. Because it's, it's been a, but it's good information. It's very good information. It, it, it's good information. I'll also say this, and I don't want to, you know, if, after talking about that, if you feel really confident in your builder and the way he's building your home and that number is not needed by your local building code and you're not that curious about what it will score, it's you'd, not necessary. You'd be better off doing your research on... To be to be straight up, I did not have my house rated. Mine's not rated. And Yeah, because we just felt like our houses are in energy efficient. We know. We, well, we build enough of them. We pretty much know. We could probably guess within five points of what they'd probably score. Yeah. You know, it's if you build 
if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to score in this range. Right. You know, it's kind of what it comes down to. So then um, what is the difference between the HERS rating and, say, like R value? Oh, let's talk about R you're value. Get, you're going to get into Joshie's nerdy part of his brain here now. R value number might as well be called BS in the building. That's not true. R value is one way to measure heat transfer. Okay. There's other ways to measure it. R value is important, but it's not the only way to uh, measure it. Okay. Just because something has a high R value doesn't mean it's airtight. Um, so you can insulate the crap out of something, but you can still be blown through the screen door right next to you know what I mean? It, okay. As a matter of fact, the IC industry in our very early day, ICF industry in our very early days, tried to do, finagle and say they just conceded for a while that R value is king, saying a higher R value was going to make the sale. So they some did some kind of weird formula said R walls have a performance R value. They created a new term, performance R value of like like really high. And we didn't know. We were just learning ourselves. Right. But uh, finally, we're like, let's just stop saying that. Let's say what the R value is, which is a good R value of ICF. Let's talk about the, you know, uh, the, the air control, the, the tightness of the home. That's what really... In the in the big scheme of things, R value is important whenever you go into that HERS. Like HERS, like the energy code says so you need to have R value of this here, R value of that there, and I'm sure it changes in different parts of the country. Which is giving you a minimum number, right. essentially. But... It's it's just a, it's 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 one little piece of the puzzle. I mean, yeah. there's okay. it's it's one little bit piece of the envelope. Well, I had never heard of hers before this at all. I didn't. I, that's new to me. Yeah, it's uh, which going on to the wall system. The, you know, our wall system of choice was ICF. Yeah, and for sure. So, a couple different reasons. One, it did have a good R value, which was an R fifty four, or in that neighborhood, depending on the block, I guess. But that high? Hmm? He, he is so unprepared tonight. He's going to Google <laughs> it right now. But it also provided a bunch of other things. In, in uh, one, it lacked thermal bridges. And what's a thermal bridge? That's anything that connects the outside and the inside that the temperature can travel through. So whatever. Let the record show. What is it? That the R value of New Dura insulated concrete forms is twenty three point five nine. Times two, got the inside and outside. I'm just stressing for strong. <laughs> but once again, I, I think they were really promoting that, that at the early days the perform, what they called performance, which which I'm kind of working up to with the performance. So whenever you build a house and you see that huge stack of lumber out in the front yard, nine times out of ten, that much of your house isn't insulated. It's one big thermal bridge inside outside. Yeah, right. Uh, ICF pretty much eliminates all those thermal bridges. You think about if you got a big garage door or a big bay window and you got that big header across the top. Mm-hmm. There's things you can do to insulate it a little bit, but it's a big thermal bridge. A stick-framed wall, a significant portion of it, is a thermal bridge. Oh, a little two-by-four there. You do that every 16 inches. Right. Put in your headers. Like Michael said, you know. And, and just to be clear, an R value of 23.59 is is really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a great R value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so ICF eliminates a lot of the thermal bridges, but it also adds thermal mass. So if, if the sun's beating down the outside of that wall, it's going to take more than 12 hours of sunlight to get that concrete to change temperature on the inside. Right. Um, so that that's another little, like, our value, that thermal mass plays a small little part. All these little things play small little parts into that. And then on top of all that, the strength. I mean, they're just incredibly... After, uh, it's interesting, as you travel through different parts of the 
of, of the country or the world, as you talk about ICF, there's different selling points. Uh, after a, a tornado wiped through... Uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, the south side of Oklahoma City, uh, there's a lot of houses that need to be rebuilt, and uh, some of the Nudura folks, uh, a Nudura representative, they, they flew us out there trying to get us to do some work out there. And the, their whole selling point and the people, what they wanted to hear was the storm resistance. Right. Yep. And, for good reason. Yeah, and I try to kind of come back on the back end of that conversation and like, hey guys, by the way, your energy bills will be a lot lower. Yeah, we're done with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We don't care. Tell yeah. me again about how you're going to tie in the trusses to the ICF to, to make it more storm resistant, which I don't know how much how much we focused on ICF, how much energy efficiency, but there's some really cool benefits to, yeah. to uh, ICF. I looked into it and... I was sold. There's a lot of other yeah. other benefits that I like. So, so yeah, to your point, it was storm resistance. I'd say it'd be kind of similar down south along the coast with Hurricane yeah. Alley. But what a lot of people don't realize is where new where ICF is the biggest is in Canada in the north, uh, and that's for energy energy efficiency purposes. You know, where it's just bitter cold for all them months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And their their heating bills are through the roof, and and ICF's the answer to that. I mean, uh, Canada is probably the leader, uh, at least in North America, as far as it comes. Well, Endura is based out of Canada. Yeah, uh, that's that's their their stomping grounds up there. And, and if you Google, like a lot of the commercial projects up there are all um, are all ICF. I remember in, when I used to call if I ever had to call Endura for whatever, I'd you know I'd just like push one for English, two for. Uh, French. French, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever push two to see if you understand them? That would have been fun. Let's do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, what exactly is an ICF wall? So, an ICF wall, and there's many different manufacturers or variations of this, but they're all different brands. Different brands, but at the end of the day, they're pretty much all the same. So, you got <clears throat> two. It depends on the brand, what, two to maybe two and a half to two and three-eighths inches of foam. Okay. It'll have some sort of plastic stud in it to where you can attach something to it. Then you'll have a hollow section anywhere from four to 12 inches, which is your core. Okay. And your core is where you put concrete at. And then on the other side, you'll have the exact same thing of two inches of foam and the studding. And then you'll have some sort of plastic webbing that ties the two together. And that you set the rebar in. And you set the rebar in. they got different cradles and stuff. Set the rebar in. And uh, they're, they're, uh, most of them are 16 by 48, which is the size of the block. New Dura being a little bit of the oddball, it's 18 by 8 foot. Okay. And you stack them up like big Lego blocks. Stack block, put rebar in them, stack block, put rebar in them. Um, depending on the block or the manufacturer or the size, I mean, the, the limitations of the build with it are pretty much endless. I don't know much of things you couldn't do with it. Oh, we built radius walls. We built a, 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 small, a personal chapel, had a yeah. big radius wall. Um, uh, very, I mean, I, my, my joke always was I could frame a house with a Sharpie and a handsaw. I mean, it's that easy to work with. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of tricks to it to get to get good at it, but it's very, very simple, user-friendly. It's just a very, very easy system. So, so let's talk about that for a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. It's user friendly. So me and my buddies—I've never done this, this before. Can me and my buddies go stack up my wall this weekend and pour it by ourselves? Would you recommend that? If you watch enough Dirt Perfect videos, you oh, can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know where you're going with that. You, you I'm there, right back in your corner. You walked right in that one. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think you know we have seen some folks 
tried it. Yes, it's easy to do. It's there's there is it's got a lot of nuances. And you, and you don't want to have wavy walls. And what, one, uh, what what bag of quickery would you recommend I ever use? <laughs> but one thing that probably does take away from the homeowner doing it is you got to have a good bracing system. You do. Um, and, and bracing systems are not cheap, and they are. You can do it with homemade stuff, and I've seen people do it and get good walls. But it it it, it makes a lot. It adds a lot of extra work to it, and and there are places out there that rent the braces. I mean, that is an option. That's that's true. It's also the a poor day when the walls are poured and that much concrete showing up. There's a lot of money sitting on the ground. It's a lot of money sitting and better be sitting in the walls. Yeah. And if anything goes off wrong and the concrete truck's still there and another one's behind it, it can become chaotic really quickly and, and it needs to be like in a cool conflict about you know how are we gonna fix it. I was always trying to stay cool kind of poor day. <laughs> Find that unlikely. I mean, I think yeah, they they I think they became pretty fun and boring. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we you know we 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 knew very well what to expect. Yeah, uh, yeah. We actually had our worst blowout yesterday on an ICF wall I've ever had. Really? Yeah, and it was on a stem wall. I had a whole block explode. Was it this bad block? No, we. Uh, um, We're in trouble. It, it was self-inflicted. It was self-inflicted. We cut one to put a T-wall in. It had a splice right there. Didn't pay attention to it. Got mm. complacent. And, gotcha. Um, away we went. So, all right. So we kind of covered the um, kind of covered the building envelope, wall system stuff like that. I know we're in a hurry. When that ICF wall we got is, time. Is, is finished and done, uh, you have a, a, not just an insulated wall, but you also have a studded out wall. Yeah, so, because the form stays in place and yes. the form becomes the studding and the insulation. Yeah, I, I remember some of our friends when we did our first jobs, like, you know, we'll come look at it when you take the forms home. Like, <laughs> now they're, they're, they're staying there. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, it's so, part of it. yeah, the, you, you got, um, for New Dura, eight inches on center. So, you know, carpenters are used to working at 16 inches on center. Hey, I got your Well, that was always one thing that always, uh, always cracked me up. We're like, well, what do you attach this to? I'm like, you got twice as many studs yeah. as you do in a normal house. Yeah. You know, every eight inches instead of every 16. Well, I'm used to 16 inches on the center. Well, I got it for you, and yeah. I got you one more. I got metal. two different patterns of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're ready for drywall or you know blue board or whatever you use on the inside. The outside is ready for your 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 brick ties, your vinyl side, your your stucco, your manufactured stone. Hey, I wasn't. I was an office nerd, and I just did a lot of manufactured stone in my own house this this past. Uh, so yeah. we got um, we got a good building envelope now. So the next thing you're going to look at, obviously, is the, what's the biggest energy consumers in your house? Well, we didn't even talk about windows much and doors. Shoot, go for it. You can spend a small fortune on windows, um, but at some point you reach the point of diminishing returns. Yeah, which that's a very important that's a very very important term that Bob Guestman taught us, and I think people need to. Take that to heart is the point of diminishing returns, which basically means at some point you can only throw so much money towards something and you're never going to get anything back. Right. Um, throw rocks if you want. I'm a big fan of double pane vinyl windows. Yep. That's what I put in my house. Um, they're not name brand, uh, but they're windows that we use and we're, and we're really happy with. They have uh, good ratings. They did what they're supposed to do. U-Factor SHGC. Uh, those two numbers, I like to see them 
0.30 or less. Now, of all the things we've talked about, you remember those two numbers. Because I just had to deal. So I'm an executive director at our local Habitat affiliate, and I was just dealing with Windows. <laughs> so, yeah. But, like, but, but I mean, I, we've had a lot of success with that. And, and you know what? Just because they, the, the, those, those numbers are just that glass, what about everything else that is around that glass? How tight yeah. is the glass? Um, and I still, I still like to use double hung windows. A lot of folks like to use double hung windows for cleaning purposes. Are they going to leak more than uh, a fixed window? Yes, but I still like a double hung window. Yeah, it's nice for cleaning. And for, I don't think you. I mean, you can spend a small fortune on doors and windows, but you don't have to to get an energy efficient door and window. You just got to know what to look for. Yeah. I mean, you can buy like just what you said. You can. I mean, ours was an off brand, and they were they were scoring better than some of the big name brands. Yeah. Because um, they put the money into where it counted as far as efficiency and not all the bells and whistles and the the big name and everything. So mm -hmm. you just need to educate yourself on what the shop yeah. for as far as low e coating is probably important. That's pretty standard practice now. And the type of window, like a French door, horrible. French door could give you some issues. Now we've done some French doors. We have, but yeah. they're hard to seal up. They're, they're, they're hard um, to seal. What we have problems with the um, uh, the uh, casement windows always scored better than a double hung. Because you could actually pull it in tight with the latch. I mean, it's and just, as the wind blows against it, it sucks it up. It even sucks tighter. it up tighter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so different, different story. The uh, Pella doors always sealed up really tight. That had the the what kind of doors? Pella. That had the, the you raised the handle up and it had the little things that locked out like a safe. Uh, no, they were Lawson doors, weren't they? Maybe but the the kind of doors you're talking about, where they have the pins, the yeah. top and the bottom. Those are those are they, nice. They'd always seal up, and they were. They were more expensive, but they weren't out. We built our church. We built our church with uh, my church with uh, ICF, and mm -hmm. those are the kind of uh, doors we have. We have you know yep. two two big French doors. Because you know sometimes we got to open those up. But yeah, you got those pins right there, and, and, and we've had a lot of success with that. So we got our building envelope now, which includes the doors and the windows. We talked about the roof, the wall system, all that stuff. So next thing is obviously the biggest, the big energy consumers, which would be your HVAC system, your water heater, and your appliances. Yep. Um, and they're probably a very close second, but they're equally as important to this whole energy efficiency game. They, they, they are very important. Also, a lot of people are cringing as we're saying, make that building tighter, make that building tighter. Yes, the, you know, the, HV, the, the V in HVAC stands for ventilation. And you need to have pros who are going to bring in proper air exchanges through, through different means. And we always had what they called the J manual calculation, which yeah. is basically what HVAC guys use to calculate the HVAC loan first yeah. tonnage. And a lot of times we were a ton, a half, two tons uh, lower than what a conventional house would be just because everything was so tight and it was so easy to manage the air in the home. Correct. Which in return means we're using less electricity. Now, one thing that I always think is very interesting whenever we're talking about HVAC is people always used to brag about what my air conditioner only run for four minutes and it shuts off. Which is bad. <laughs> Which is Very bad. Inefficient. That's extremely energy yeah. efficient. That That's the most, in, most inefficient runtime they'll ever have. And the best way I ever had it explained to me is if your system is sized right for your home, if it's 100 degrees outside, it'll run continuously. If it's zero degrees outside, it'll run continuously. Um, that's come a long ways with all the variable rate stuff because you want it running, I don't want to say all the time, but if it starts up to run, you probably want it to run for 15, 20 minutes at a time. 
and it's going to vary on your location and everything, but that's how everything gets run efficiently. And the, yeah. the longer it runs, the more efficient it is. And it also keeps the home more comfortable because the air is moving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the guy that brags that he's got an energy efficient house because his air conditioner. I remember Bob used to always tell this story about some guy bought this way oversized HVAC system and he bragged about how efficient it was <laughs> and he was using gas out the walls. So, you know, yeah, bigger is not better with the yeah, size. Yeah, it's got to be that HVAC. Yeah. Especially if you've got an energy efficient home, having that HVAC sized properly to that home is a huge deal because especially whenever our area, whenever people start building energy efficient homes, the HVAC guys are like, oh, 2,000 square foot home, you had a ton and a half unit. Yeah. They throw it in there. And it wasn't right. It didn't. It, 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 it took a little bit for us to kind of get traction and, and for um, the And we kind of the forced right the issue on that in the early days. Mm-hmm. And, and proved to be right for a change. I shouldn't say for a change, but I mean, we proved our, made our case and it worked out yeah. to be what we thought it was going to be. This, so, I mean, this is whether you're using gas or electric. Yeah, geothermal, it, it don't yeah. matter. Um, now, one of the other big things that we always found is whenever you get more energy efficient in your house and the big items are using less, the smaller items show up more. And one of them being the hot water heater. In southern Indiana, people spend more money, typically, spend more money over the course of the entire year heating their water than they do running their air conditioner. Yeah. And people are like, no, we don't. Like, well, how many months of the year do you, in Southern Indiana, do you actually use your air conditioner? Well, you know, through the hot months and, you know, sometimes in the spring and, you know, mm-hmm. I get a Indian summer. Okay. Which months don't you use hot water? <laughs> well, so, and typically well people, I have a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> So typically, people go out and buy the cheapest thing they can for for a hot water heater. Never even think about it being a big energy user. And it's a, and, and it's surprisingly a big energy user. And I think one of the reasons for that is because it's always consistent on your bill. You know, with heat, you turn the heat on, you see it yeah, jump up. That's a good point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? With and air I, conditioner, you see it jump up. With the hot water heater, it's just always on. That's going to cost me sixty dollars every month, and you right. just right there it is. And, and you know, yes, you may your hot showers may not be as hot in the summer as the uh, winter, but still you're using hot water in your right. showers. You're still doing laundry. You're still doing your dishes. You're still using hot water all year round. Um, and there are lots of different types of hot water heaters now. Um, there are, uh, well, I'll, I'll, name brands are fine, right? Yeah. Uh, Reem, like Reem Marathon has a good warranty on it. Yep. They did back when we were building. That would be what I call just a conventional electric element style yes. water heater. Yes, but it, it was energy efficient and it, it had a great warrant. Yeah. Uh, we have one of those in our properties yep. um, that, that, that we manage, that we rent out. Um, another one would be um, kind, of, kind of, I don't know if it's new on the scene now, it's probably kind of become established as is, is, uh, hybrid hot water heaters. Yeah, which you, they end up being uh, a really good find. Yeah. This was a couple of years ago when they were yeah. uh, more of a new thing. But basically, it's a hot water heater. It's got a heat pump sits on top of it. It's got a compressor on it. Yeah. And uh, my brother's got one in his house. I mean, that's, what, that's what I have in my house. Yeah. That thing's, yeah. It's The, the downfall would be they got to be in a room with a little bit of ventilation. Yeah, like a, somebody with, yes, because it's pulling air out of the room stealing the heat from it injecting it into the, the water and then kicking back out cold air so I, honestly uh, my house the hot water heater is in a room that's probably a little bit smaller so i have to re- leave that door uh, cracked or open if the kids ever close it or whatever you know that, that room will get a little chilly 
Hmm. Uh, and then obviously you got your conventional gas, hot water heater. Yeah. And then I guess the last one would be the on-demands. On-demands are picking up steam. We're actually about to put an on-demand gas, uh, natural gas water heater in our habitat house. I'm, are you? Well, the, when the, I saw the prices come back and, and I wanted, I didn't want to, um, I'm not a big fan of the hot water heaters with just a little hood on the top. Mm-hmm. And we're just hoping it, hoping all that stuff gases go out. Yeah, you know, escapes naturally. I, you know, so I was kind of talking to our guy about that, and he's like, "Well, Josh, he's like, these are the prices I'm doing on on uh, on demand instant hot water heaters now." I'm like, "Dang, that's a pretty good price." And, and you know, we're building a habitat homes are, are kind of a hybrid of energy efficiency, but yeah, you and, still and, got a budget, and, and they're and they're modest sizes. So I'm like, "Well, dang, that's going to save us some space in that closet too," because you know that's that's a smaller. Of course, you got geothermal that, that uses... Right, that which is what I got here at the house. I oh, got, do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. I got mixed feelings about geothermal. The more efficient your house is, the less there is the gain by having geothermal because the margin to save is not there. But um, it takes a little longer to pay for it, but there's still benefits of it. Um, and, and depending on where you're building at in your local regions, there are there can be tax benefits yeah, depending on what... what and I don't know what, you know, frankly, it's... That's one of the reasons why I went with geothermal, is there was a tax break for it. Yeah. What is geothermal? So geothermal, basically, instead of, um, it, it's basically a heat pump, but instead of having the outside unit that runs, it exchanges air with air, it exchanges okay. the heat with the ground with water. Okay. Uh, there's horizontal geothermal, which is what I got. The, the, I got pipes just buried horizontally along the ground. Mm-hmm. And then there's a vertical, which is where they drill a hole and it goes down and comes back up. The verticals are probably a little more efficient than the horizontals, but they're also a little more expensive. Uh, and a lot of times you don't have the option of horizontal because you don't have the land. Okay. Um, An- another good place is just if you got a pond. Yeah. That, that's a really good place. It's got to be at least 12 feet deep, or at least in this area it does. Is that right? Term. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you can just throw your loops out in the pond and it'll exchange it with the water. So, and geothermal technically gets more um, efficient over time because um, the more earth makes contact with the pipe as it settles. Right. Um, but that's again a little more technical and off base. So, to hit on that, you know, good HVAC system, good hot water heater. Hot water heater was kind of our big surprise. I don't know if it's a surprise item, but to jo- like Josh, that we didn't realize how much. The co-op introduced us to that idea. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They were like, you know, people are spending more money heating their water than they are. They're but, uh, doing their house. the last two things on the list is probably appliances, which, you know, Energy Star appliances is, is that. Uh, everything from your washer dryer to your stove to um, dishwasher, refrigerators, all the newer stuff is always more efficient. But light bulbs. Lighting your home. That lighting, it probably went hot water heater, HVAC, and then lighting. Mm-hmm. That was usually the big, the big ticket users on our our hers uh, scores. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I don't know why this is, and I'm not making fun of anybody because I've done it. We did it in our own office. Like you spend all this money on the insulation, the HVAC system, and. I got these fluorescents over here. Just put them in. What's the matter? <laughs> and, 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 you know, us being the energy efficient home builders, our, our office bathroom, remember yep. the light bulbs in there? Michael would get on me. Well, I'd have like whatever light bulbs we could find. Right. And there's like four different kinds in there because you just don't think about it. But, you know, we would just take the time and a little extra money to buy that LED. Or, well, the one, the one place I've seen it is I got 27 lights here in my shop and they were all uh, T8 mm-hmm. fluorescent. And uh, I switched them all out to LED a couple of years ago. 
and uh, I probably I, I saved every bit of forty dollars a month doing that. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Our, it was a huge. Our entire house is LED everything. It's a big difference. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a big item. It's 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 one of those things, kind of like the hot water heater. Like you think, oh, it's just one light bulb, you know, but. And and some people will say, I, you know, my buddy's got LED light bulbs and, and or a fixture and it flickers all the time. You you got to look what you're buying. Yeah, yeah. get a better quality yeah, LED. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Gu- by the way, guilty. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Amazon sells uh, bulk packs of them. Which but are but the biggest thing about an energy efficient house that is so hard to explain, there's no way to put it in words, is how comfortable it is to live in. Uh, it's insane the difference. I've lived in both, you've lived in both, we've been in and out of both. People that we built houses for talk about it. Um, but it is a huge difference living in one versus, I don't know if I'm going to call it conventional home. Uh, but it, it's the, the comfort of living in that home is different. And with ICF, you get soundproofing. You know, if you live on a busy street or something like that, you don't hear, you can still hear. It's, it's, it's much not, quieter. Much quieter. Uh, we know it's not with a rental property we built in town. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of other benefits to come along with and it. And I'm so glad we the, the marriage wall between that we have a multi-unit property. Yes, that we and, uh, and the, you know me being the numbers guy, you know, I was like, ah, let's just put in a stick frame between it and down there. And uh, one of our guys said, man, let's go ahead and put that ICF wall down the middle. And it is super quiet. Yeah. It's, it's we even awesome. had a, one guy uh, blaring his radio on one side, and the other guy was just seeing if he could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, right. and, uh, and termites don't eat ICF. We termites don't eat concrete. Yeah. It doesn't burn all that great either. I've never started a campfire with concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I Have think you, you uh, continued on that? Yeah. I think you should try. So, But I guess that's kind of the, I mean, we just can't stress enough the building envelope. Do some research into that. If you're going to build a house, get a good building envelope. Yep. And then you can decorate it up from there. That's the important part of the house is, is that. Um, and then pay attention to, don't go buy the cheapest HVAC. Don't go buy the cheapest fluorescent. You don't take a whole lot of money to upgrade just a little bit to save that money back real quick. But uh, my biggest takeaway, uh, I hope somebody takes away from this, is the cost of living in that house. Don't just look at the cost of building. Don't just look at the cost of the mortgage payment. Put all those costs together and find out what it's actually going to cost you to live in that home. Agreed. So, Mr. Workslot, do you have any questions? You're looking to possibly build an energy-efficient house. You uh, you guys going to come out of retirement? Well, I don't know about that. How much money you got? <laughs> Depends on how much this podcast makes. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we got just oh, yeah. talking about exterior walls. Um. There are still, so let's say we're not doing an ICF exterior wall. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to do stick frame, which still a majority of homes in America are built stick frame, correct? Mm-hmm. So, so Mr. Dirt Perfect, how am, I, how am I going to build my stick frame wall? What's that look like? And what kind of insulation am I using? Well, I mean, there's, there, to answer your question, one, there is a way to build a very, very energy efficient wall using stick frame. Um, a lot of people can do, I mean, the, the basic way would be two by six walls, spray foam or starch cellulose, and then you do some sort of star foam on the outside as a thermal bridge uh, to protect it from outside. And they got that, what was that uh, wrap that John Marks used to always sell? W- They're always coming with a new. They're always coming up with something. Wrap. So there is ways to do it. It's still not quite as efficient as ICF, and you don't get any of the strength of it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you can do what they call sound framing a wall where you offset studs and then you weave insulation in or spray insulation so it eliminates all the thermal bridges. Uh, you do get some strength out of it. It does make it more energy efficient. Uh, SIPs is an option. Uh, we never built anything with SIPs. Is that, I'm, I'm not being hateful. Is that, is that still, still around? Thing, People yeah. are still doing it? Yeah. Okay. SIPs is a, basically a big uh, sandwich panel. Uh, it's like star foam or it's a plywood or OSB. 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 You know, if it's an Oreo, the OSB is the chocolate, the cream is the styrofoam. Yeah. Or the, the expanded polystyrene. Yeah. And uh, they have uh, they have very similar energy efficiency, energy efficiency characteristics to ICF. Uh, they have better strength than a wood frame wall, uh, but they're a little more difficult. Like you've got to order a package. Like they got to pre-build all these shapes and stuff to put them in. Mm-hmm. You usually got to have a crane to fit. They're a little more limited. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say there's anything you can't do with it, but a little more difficult to be. You don't, I don't want to say this, with ICF, you can pretty much build any floor plan. With SIPs, you're going to, they're going to provide the floor plan they can build a house to, and vice versa. We, we always wanted to put SIPs roofs on our ICF houses. Uh, we came close a few times. We came close make, a few times. Happen. We never could quite come together. Uh, of course, you've got steel studs and steel construction. Uh, we go down that road a good while. I'm sure I'm missing one. Can I ask some more questions? I know you guys keep looking at the clock. Is that bad if I ask you more questions? <laughs> no, keep I'm just thinking of the questions people have asked no, me over yeah. the years. I'm exci- I've always got answers. I'm excited about this ICF, man. And I see they build ICF roofs and, and wall uh, and floor systems, too. Would that be good? Can we do that? So this goes back to the point of diminishing returns. And I think this has something to do with where you live and where you're building, but around here, it was never cost-effective to do that. Where did we pour some ICF uh, ceilings? Uh, over where we had a porch bump out from a basement, and we'd pour an ICF ceiling over that uh, for like a safe room or a gun room or something like that. We did that a handful of times. We poured some cool safe rooms. We had pulled some very cool safe rooms. But yeah. That was probably the most common application we did. Mm-hmm. As far as, and we actually used light deck on a job, which is the ICF uh, decking system for that. We never did do any ICF roofs. We tossed that idea around a little bit. It just was not cost effective for this area. Uh, the main reason we wanted to do an ICF roof was for fire protection. I think that would be more common or easier sell if you were in a forest fire area. Sure. Like out west or mm-hmm. something. Uh, I think that'd be a lot easier sell, but it just did never uh, pan out around here. Um, ICF windows? Uh, they're hard to see through. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that question. <laughs> so, so if, if um, so me and the guys at work been talking, and I'm uh, thinking about building my house, should I go with a slab or a crawl space? I'm not doing a basement. Let's pretend I'm not doing a basement, okay? Okay. If we're doing a basement, we're going to use ICF, right? Are we all? Yeah. Okay. So, if we're doing an ICF basement, stick framing on top, which is a lot of your projects right now. Yep. Right? Um, there, what do I do with all, what they call the band board? What are other names in the region? Uh, yeah, we call it a seal plate. Well, seal plate and band board. So a seal plate is what we would refer to as whenever your ICF wall terminates, you bolt a piece of wood down to the top of it, then you take off with wood framing from there. And that's usually your most common place for air leaks because it's one continuous crack all the way around the house. Well, and, and just not that, but the actual, uh, uh, not fly. Brent board. Yeah. 
the, the, the rim board, that exterior joist, usually in a lot of homes in this area. Does not get insulated. It does not. Up. So you your only insulation from the outside to the inside is an inch and a half. OSB. Of, hmm. of in, an inch and a half of. of With a, ICF, number. that wall goes straight on through. So you never have that yeah. joint don't even exist. So if you are going to be stick framing on top of an ICF home, uh, how, what, what do I do with that rim board? Just deal with it? Ideally, well, what we do nowadays is, is we actually put uh, like big stretch or big uh, great stuff foam down. We don't use seam, seal seam or seal seal anymore. And that way, if that concrete's got any imperfections into it or that board's cupped or whatever, that's guaranteed to be a good seal. Um, with, the, with the joist itself, that cavity? That, that needs to get spray foamed. Yeah. Or at the very least have bat insulation shoved into it. But it, that's one spot that for some reason in our a area... A lot of air comes through that. A lot of air comes through yeah. there and it's one spot that never they call the box. Some people call, also call it the box joist. I've yeah, heard. box joist, yeah, yeah. Which is basically the end of your floor joist yeah. in between there. I would highly recommend... We always used to foam them. Uh, yeah. Is what we know. Now, if the ICF wall goes straight on through, that's irrelevant. But back to your other question as far as uh, basement versus crawl space versus pad, I think first off, it depends on the lot you're building on. Um, if you're not going to have a basement, I always prefer to have a crawl space just because somebody's going to change their mind about something they want in that house at some point, and it's a lot <laughs> easier to work on. But two, I think they're more comfortable to work on. I don't want to be walking around on concrete or a hard floor all day. I, I like having wood floor. I like the feel of it. Somebody may be different and be the opposite of me, that's fine. Uh, but any maintenance, any remodeling, any changes, anything you want to do later, way easier. Way easier. What do I do? Um, you got all kinds of questions. I've just been thinking, so I've been having to think about, you know, construction quite a bit, energy efficiency on, on a certain kind of budget, you know, which I think is a lot, where yeah, a lot of people right, are. Right. Yeah, that's legitimate um, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of people have found slab homes to, to, to be more cost effective. It's not going to cost yep. as much to actually build the home. And that's one reason why they're so popular. And, and also... And you can build an energy efficient slab home. Yeah. And I mean, our first investment property, we were gung-ho and we went out and built and we built it on a slab. Yep. So uh, what do we do with that with that slab do we insulate that slab can you talk about that what will we do there yeah so me and you've had we've had disagreements on we've this. we've had some disagreements on yeah. this like do you insulate a basement floor and my argument's always been no and i think what we always been by touchstone code which touchstone was our local energy cooperative so that just in any wall any place that floor touched an exterior wall that was exposed they wanted you to insulate four feet in hmm. uh, i thought it was two feet was it we four were, feet? We were overachievers. We were overachievers. <laughs> but uh, I think the slab insulation, if you're going to heat the slab, slab, slab insulation is very important. Oh, that's a must. If you're going to heat the slab. If you're going to heat the slab, there's no question about slab insulation. It's a must. More importantly, if you're not going to heat the slab, more importantly is slab insulation to me is having thermal breaks at your door. So if, if your front door is poured up against your front porch and there's nothing to keep the keep the the cool or the heat from transferring it, it's just going to suck right through from one to the other um it also depends like we just did your um, slab foundation for the habitat house and we have a thermal break all the way around the exterior which is three inches of foam so that cold air cannot get to that slab to change to affect the temperature of it or vice versa the but but the and i think a lot of times where me and you disagreed was that you know i would say the earth itself would mm -hmm. be a cool temperature for a home. 
So I and a lot of it's what are you using this space for? Right. If you if it's a main living space, if it's somebody's living room, which this current habitat house is, I went ahead, I put down a some insulation. I didn't go crazy. I didn't put like a real big, big like insulation. a half inch foam board or something. Yeah, I put I put one of those rolling out, you know. Yep. So it was so when it pours and stuff, I wanted something there so that floor is not always freezing. Truth of the matter is. In the summertime, ooh, this this floor is nice and cool. Right. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime, this I think this, part this. of this goes back to where you're at. You, it, it does, that, and what know, you're using it it's for. It's just something you need to consider based on where you're building it. And for, so, my basement floor in my own home, we don't. That's not our TV space. That's not you know. I'm not using that for a lot of. I'm, we're not down there a whole lot. It's a lot of storage. I did not insulate it because yeah. we're not you know. So if this. And my argument to that is it's sunk in the ground and around here if you insulate it, I don't think it'd make a difference. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you'd ever even see that difference versus a above grade slab of a habitat house. I agree that insulation is more, uh, needs to be considered more in that application than a basement floor application. Now, if it's a walkout basement, that's a different story. Hmm. We could go on. <laughs> <laughs> have any more questions, Mr. Harris? No, I just, I, I just, you know, as I see a lot of the houses that have been on your channel lately going up you know i wanted to just talk about some of those those yeah. things which would be the you know how how do you insulate those those those, those stick frame homes and yeah and there's there's i mean i don't want to say there's no right way there's no wrong way but there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat just because it's not the way absolutely no just because it's not the way i would do it don't mean it's wrong you know what i mean that's there, there's other ways to go about it to get the same result there just maybe ought to be our variables in, in, involved along the way. So. Correct. But uh, well, hopefully that helps somebody out. We didn't make as many jokes this time. <laughs> we should tell, we should be, tell about the time that we were in Columbus and you ran the piece of equipment into the ICF walls. We were stacking it, and I was like, "Hey, hey, hey!" hey. And then everybody made fun of me for getting excited about it, not him for running into the wall. This is also I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ignore that. This is also the same job site. That I told him to take the skill saw and rip some, or take the table saw and rip some block. And he took off walking with the table saw, and his brother goes, I should probably go help him. We don't have time for a hospital run. <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> that, that's very close to it. I honestly, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but everybody's hot, and I'm going to like act like I know what I'm doing. He's good. I started He's using, it up and did. I started using the saw, and as I start using it, like without proper safety, I can see everybody looking at me like, this guy's an idiot. I can't <laughs> believe his name's on the sign. And then finally, yeah, my brother's like, I want to do this. It's really going to ruin our evening plans. <laughs> so, well, if you guys have any more questions or uh, want us to cover something else on this, comment down below. We'll try to jump in and answer whatever we can. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it helps I, I would love to hear some H, H, um, HVAC guys talk about. Yeah. You know, and we didn't even get into, like, we didn't get too much into air exchanges and how you make those happen. Yeah, so, which, yeah. which is, like you said, the V is for ventilation, which is important. And we're not going to downplay the importance of that. So It definitely sounds like we might have another episode of this. <coughs> yeah, we just need to rank with some HVAC guy. Yeah. That's willing to talk. I'm sure we can find someone. <laughs> so, well, Mr. Works, a lot of you don't have any questions. We'll uh, wrap this one up. I'm good at the moment, but anybody who might have a question can... Write it down below, or they can send us an email at uh, a few points from perfect yep. at yahoo.com. And uh, thanks a lot for Mr. Harris for showing up and chatting It was fun. So, we'll have to do it again. As soon as I, you know, this has been very.
interesting. I'm like, as you sit here and talk, you forget that, like, you kind of morph into the guys goofing off, and you forget, mm-hmm. like, you know, people are going to hear this for years to come. So, so does this mean you're going back through and saying, what did I say? Yes, it is. It does. As you noticed the last, the last time we did this. That is exactly what happened. All right. Until next time, guys. Thanks Peace. for uh, listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.